0: got to do let's get into the show Guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the financial freedom podcast i'm really excited about today's guest jonathan bednar he's a cfp he's an author he's also a pod- podcast host and um, today he's going to be talking about his journey owning an investment firm providing financial advice uh, we'll also talk about his book, and, uh, as well as his podcast, "What the Wealth," which is quite interesting. So, Jonathan, welcome.
1: Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate uh, appreciate this opportunity, and look forward to uh, spending some time with you today.
0: Yeah, um, we connected through Podmatch, and uh, tell the audience, uh, introduce yourself, and what you do, and we'll we'll get into it.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Jonathan Bednar. I'm a certified financial planner. I've been in the industry for 15 years. I co-own Paradigm Wealth Partners, which is based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, um, and then have this What the Wealth brand, it, which is kind of a, a way for me to just use my own authentic voice to, to communicate with people. I've published two books and most the podcast called What the Wealth. So i um, yeah, you know, we spend a lot of our time helping people pursue financial freedom, retirement planning, all of those things, and 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 you know, having you know the books and the podcast is really an outlet for me to to do more teaching and less selling.
0: Yeah, I love that uh, education. And so, um, yeah, talk about uh, one thing is um, you know you have a like I said, financial planners. They're in the state of. Flux with the financial industry getting disrupted and they have to reinvent themselves. I think eventually lawyers and doctors are going to have to do the same thing. Um, so one thing is talking about is um, how do you distinguish yourself uh, you know, when all the financial advice is there? How do you add value, make a distinction, stand out?
1: Uh, I think a lot of that's through just being authentic, authentically myself um, and, and understanding that I will attract a certain tribe that want to work with me. And that's okay if I don't attract everybody. And, and giving not only potential clients perspective but also and, and flexibility, but also giving myself that flexibility, which again, kind of led me towards writing and, and authoring the podcast too, because I can only wrap my arms around so many people. Um, but still, I want to be able to help kind of spread some some news and, and the message of financial planning. So those other options gave me that, uh, that ability. You know, we specialize in helping career professionals. I believe everybody wants to retire at some point. That could be retire early. It could be work till you're 95. But usually, uh, people want to retire. I've yet to find someone that doesn't. Um, but we spend a lot of time helping, you know, younger professionals, career professionals sales executives uh, you know doctors, you know high earning professionals who, who really don't have the time and or the energy it's not that they're not smart enough to do this or' certainly capable of doing this on their own but whether they're running their own practice or their own business or, or just spending time with their family they don't want to do that and so they've chosen to outsource it um, and so you know really that's that's where we spend time you know the most
0: it's uh you know it's quite interesting um you know the way everything is um going toward and so one thing is talking about um you mentioned you know most people want to retire and uh what's interesting is um you know i was talking to uh, some other and reading and like this idea of uh reaching a certain number and then basically not doing anything is what is your thoughts on as a advisor you know basically the idea is you reach a number and then basically you can, <laughs> but people have to have purpose and passion. So how do you reconcile that?
1: Yeah. Uh, I have a love hate relationship with the the whole fire concept. I think it's, it's awesome in principle. I think in reality, uh, as I, as I talked about in my book and when I'm talking with people, we identify usually by our accomplishments. We're parents, we're, Students, we're police officers, we're teachers, we're advisors, we're doctors. We're a lot of times actually when we meet somebody, you know, I'm Jonathan, I'm a certified financial planner, I own Paradigm Wealth Partners. And that actually usually leads the identity more than I'm Jonathan, I'm a dad and a husband. Um, And so I think a lot of that is because it gives us purpose, it gives us fulfillment. Um, And even if the certain job now does not you always have the flexibility to move to a a new career path. I'm a big believer in having community around you. And you can do that in the fire journey and find other people that want to pursue fire and have friendship. But I believe that we were created to uh, act as a community, to to use our brains, to work, to live. And and (laughs) the reality is if we all just pursue fire, None of us have a job. I mean, we, we need people to work to provide food and to provide healthcare services and to provide teaching and childcare. So we, we actually need people to do all these things. Do I think it's good to have work life balance and pursue your passions and, and, and do those things? Of course. But I think there's actually a greater sense of purpose and fulfillment that you get um, by continuing to work. And I actually think it you know, causes you to live longer. You, you, there's less burnout. You know, you can retire early and do all the things. And two, three, four years from now, you're, you're kind of twiddling your thumbs. You've checked all the boxes. So um, I think one of the interesting things is uh, Michael Kitts is a thought leader in the financial industry. I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, he, he's talked about for career professionals, younger people kind of doing these mini mini retirement so you work for 5 years you take kind of a year uh sabbatical you work for 5 years you take a year sabbatical and i think that's a more interesting way to me to think about retirement for for younger people um because i think it still gives you flexibility but it still gives you you know long term purpose and fulfillment
0: yeah and actually what's interesting is um, you, um this fire movement and these um you know mini retirements like Tim Ferriss talked about um I've really, you're kind of the first person to actually talk about that because most CFPs and they're kind of this uh, this twenty percent, or ten percent, twenty percent savings, you know, index fund, all this stuff, and then you know like a four percent withdrawal rate, and that's kind of like the extent of their training. But this is kind of interesting. Um, so when working with uh, people, you know, what is your number one mistake people make before retiring?
1: A lot of times, the biggest mistake is not taking on enough risk. And I'm actually finding more and more of this where younger career professionals will be, they'll be saving and they'll be investing, but they're not investing enough. You know, they'll, as an example, I'll say, are you maxing out your 401k? And they say, yes, I'm I'm getting a 4% match and I'm putting in 4%. That doesn't mean you're maxing out your (laughs) 401k. And so that's just one example. Another example, again, is, you know, someone may be at, you know, an aggressive saver, but they save the money at the bank or they buy CDs, even in younger years. And so um, two of, I believe there's five big retirement risks, but but two of them are longevity and healthcare. And with technology and healthcare getting better by the day, uh, we live into our 90s. And actually there's studies today that say, you know, Gen Z will live into their hundreds. Um, I haven't started to see that yet, although I've had some clients live there, but um, but not at the same kind of lifestyle that they're predicting, you know, younger generations to be. So people need to take more risk. You need to be actively invested. Uh, you might think your investments are, are comfortable, but if you're early in your retirement journey and you're still working and you're going to retire, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, you need to be much more aggressive than probably you think you should be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Cause uh, you know, with um i was talking like in most of the time i'm talking to entrepreneurs and you know people in their 20s are more financially literate they realize they have to start saving more and uh you know avoiding consumer debt and uh they were saying you know with this inflation inflation is now like three percent and interest rates are like you know five percent maybe it could be higher later and uh-huh. um and you know SP like P like over the is like eight percent is probably less than that given all this volatility and then so basically in nasdaq is now 40 percent year up over the year Uh you know talking about your aggressive like people have to or start thinking okay forget the SP because uh over a 10-year period and with all these like um, market drawdowns I get if I get like 7%, 8% with inflation, and then I can put that money in a money market and get 5%, why would I put it in the S&P? Uh, so people are starting to think about this They're starting to think about real estate, you know, all these, di- like also these digital current digital assets such as Bitcoin, I'm not, again, this is not advice, but people are starting to look into that because there's they want to get a better return and, um, you know, avoid, you know, if the banks one day say, oh, your money's gone, You know, we're going to be in like the banks in South America and all of that. So uh, really interesting. Uh, So the other question is talking about this. um, So that's one thing. And then one thing is... um, talking about what are the big five risks to retirement? Uh, That's quite interesting. Risks to retirement. What do you mean? This
1: is, this is from my second book, uh, which is titled what the wealth identify your core values, reignite your dreams and combat the five big risks to retirement or the the five big retirement risk. The the five big risks are taxes, inflation, longevity, withdrawal strategy, which applies later on. You know, if, if you're not, if you're still a career professional, you're still working. Uh, the withdrawal doesn't impact you today, but it will at some point. And then probably the biggest risk of all is our behavior. You know, are you taking on enough risk? Are you, are you too aggressive with not enough uh, real strategy, just kind of willy nilly. Um, so those, those are the five big risks. And, and I think they're important again, whether you're 20 or 30 or you're 70 and 80, um, th- these risks are, are very real for, for everybody and, um, Taxes back in the 40s were as high as 90%. Um, (laughs) The highest tax bracket today is 37. Incredibly high debt, $32 trillion in in U.S. debt. And as the rates have risen over the past 12 months, we've seen the interest on that debt balloon. We had, at one point, we had 45 workers for every Social Security recipient. Today, we have roughly 2.8 workers for every Social Security recipient, and that number is going down. There's just... There's so a lot of risk that you need to be aware of, and if you're going to be an ostrich and bury your your head in the sand, you may or may not make it. Um, and that's where I think the financial plan can can really help benefit a lot of people. Having an actual not only investment plan, you know, how are you going to invest and how are you going to make decisions, but what if you know this event happens or what happens? Uh, prematurely lost your job or have some sort of disability. Any of these other scenarios, how do you plan for that? And so that's where I think creating the, uh, this financial plan around those five big risks uh, really helps build out and, and strengthen that foundation.
0: Yeah, yeah. If 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 twenty twenty wasn't a wake up call, is like, you, you know, everybody is sol, it's on their own. You can't depend on social security before you could. You know, social security is actually a Ponzi scheme. U.S. is broke. Um, You can't depend on a job because, you know, now everybody's freelancing and having multiple streams. And, uh, yeah, you know, taxes are a waste of money. So it's quite, you know, and then um, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, you talked about longevity, which is quite a really fascinating field. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs are looking into that, um, looking into, like, cloning themselves in artificial ease. And so that when they leave, there's going to be an AI version of them and where eventually it's kind of like the matrix where we're plugged in kind <laughs> of is like this virtual metaverse, which is uh, quite, sounds quite ridiculous, but it could, you know, could happen.
1: 30 years ago, I don't think people really would have thought there would be autonomous vehicles. And here we are today. They are very much real. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's um, I just left a, a, an executive leadership symposium at UCLA about 60 days ago. Uh, and one of the professors there, Hal Hirschfeld, was talking about, you know, how we think about our future self and the limiting uh, ability of really thinking essentially past but now. I mean, we can think uh, some future, but the longer future goes, I mean, you might have a dream of re- retiring or owning a lake house or a beach house, whatever it is, but how you actually think about your future self is very, very difficult, and it, there's an interesting study. So yeah, it's kind of relates back to the, the stuff you just mentioned, or driverless vehicles, or just technology in general. It's it's, it's pretty amazing, and it, it's only accelerating.
0: Yeah. The other question I have is since you seem to be on the kind of the cutting edge of um, thought leadership in terms of the CFP landscape, there's um, um whereas essentially you know, what jobs going to be? Let's say there's no there's no quote job security anymore and now there's this thing called um, universal basic income so uh, I don't know if you're where your thoughts on that with um, uh, clients are starting to talk about that um, I'm just what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah my clients aren't, aren't really asking about that at this point you know I think as the the people that say AI is a disruptor to every industry but their own I think have some of the <laughs> On, I mean, I think AI can disrupt every industry, but I don't actually think it disrupts us to the point that our jobs go extinct. I, I kind of think back to the Industrial Revolution when tractors were were really in, in, invented to help plow fields and, and make life easier. People thought, well, that's just going to kind of make us go extinct. The reality is, it increased productivity. Um, back to what I was learning at that at that UCLA study, there was a, a, a conversation about, uh, this is not uh, the, the leading professor that kind of led the group, but another one um, talking about AI. And he was talking about the potential disruption for radiologists and having AI read these scans. And there were some statistics where if the doctor read the scan only, and if the AI read the scan only, um, but actually the best result was if AI and the doctor actively read the scans, actually had the highest outcome. And I think that's what you'll see more of. I think you'll see uh, companies and professionals, you know, continue to evolve and and use this AI. Uh, sure, AI could probably cause some businesses to go extinct. But I think for the most part, most companies and industries will, will use it to their benefit and and make outcomes better for even clients and and uh, users as as it relates to universal basic income i think it's certainly a possibility i think we've kind of seen that kind of with social security obviously social security is at a higher you know age limit than universal basic income which is being talked about at you know a lower level there's obviously some some already some politicians that have kind of pushed that narrative and and, and started the conversation I'm not saying it's not possible. It certainly is possible. I think it's. Um, I think it's still probably several years down the road, but probably potentially closer than it was prior to maybe the last year when AI really started to to, to take hold. Um, so I don't know if I'm qualified enough to really talk a lot about that. Um, yeah. But it would not surprise me if it if it does happen at some at some level. How yeah. do we fund it? Would be the issue because. We're back to 2.8 workers for every Social Security recipient. The only way to fund, uh, not the only way, but the major driver to to shore up the the Social Security shortfall is to raise taxes. Mm -hmm. You would have to raise taxes to fund universal basic income. So, um, you know, I think there's a big possibility back to. Our debt to GDP is about 122 percent or so. The way to offset a lot of these problems is to raise taxes, and I, and I, I think people are grossly unprepared for that.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh it's quite it's gonna be it's quite a wake up call. You know, there's so many the, For example, you know, you know, with the U.S. broke and they basically have to. This is why all most currencies go to zero is because you know the basically the debts get out of hand and they have to inflate and print the currency goes to zero. Eventually, there's a reset. Uh, this is why owning, you know, real estate, gold. Now people are considering, you know, Bitcoin. These are kind of hedges against these types of events. Um, it's quite interesting. So you mentioned uh, you, you you wrote a book as well. So and you're also a podcast. So kind of tell people how they can find your work and reach out to you. Um, you seem to be really. Um, Uh, really uh, on the cutting edge of these, you know, these ideas.
1: Uh, So you can find me on LinkedIn at jbednerii. That stands for two. I'm the second. So jbednerii. Um, Or just type in Jonathan Bedner. Uh, Both my books, um, uh, What the Wealth, a guide for financial clarity for professionals and families, as well as What the Wealth, identify your core values, reignite your dreams and combat the five big retirement risks. Are both on Amazon, so you can find those there. Uh, the podcast, What the Wealth, can be found anywhere. Listen to podcasts. Those are the main two places. Um, my website is What the Wealth. You type in What the Wealth into Google, <laughs> you can probably find me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I love that title. It's kind of like a play on words. And um, yeah, so for all the audience out there listening, Jonathan for coming out to the show, um, giving these kind of uh, new ideas. And trends, you know, from a CFP standpoint and all of his uh, resources, especially his book will be in the links in the show notes. I'm going to check that out right after this and um, follow him on our socials. He's on LinkedIn, YouTube, and um, all of those will be in the resources. So with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Absolutely. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible, and without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.